and we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast after a double Tribal Council twist. I'm your host, Ryan, and if you're wondering where Dylan is, he's at the other podcast. They told us before we went live that we would be broken up into two podcasting booths and we would have to record separately. Uh, but in all seriousness, though, um, Dylan has a work conflict tonight, so I am flying solo once again. I'm just making sure everything is working here. Hopefully, we get some comments in here soon. Um, if you've been here before while I'm solo or if you're new here, uh, please feel free to put any questions or comments in the chat. It'll be more fun if we go through it together. Hey, Lightning, great to see you. Like, just like that. Great timing. Um, it's always easier if I go through it with somebody else as opposed to just rambling on to myself for an hour. So any questions or comments, put them over here in the chat and I will get to them. Um, we have a lot to talk about tonight uh, from the, the twist itself to the challenge, the uh, strategizing, and of course, the tribal councils, especially the the last tribal council. I know people are going to have many different thoughts on it um, uh, coming from both sides. People are going to have a lot of different perspectives on how it turned out. I feel like all I can do as an outside party is just tell you my quick thoughts, tell you what I see, and um, just encourage you to, you know, obviously think about it the way you want to think about it. And hopefully we just have an open, honest discussion and we kind of just go through it together. But we'll see how it goes. Um, as always, I think we should start with the outcome since there was a lot there tonight. And then as always, we'll go through as we always do uh, chronologically. So we're going to go chronologically um, just to see how everything turned out. So I, I think the strategy is very interesting here. I am going to get into the, the discussion about race that we saw at the tribal council, but I think the strategy underlying everything, just in terms of how everything could have shaken out with the random divisions, I think could be very interesting. And I've written down actually who had what advantage and who used the, the advantages. So I think that will be kind of fun to discuss in terms of the battle map as we head into the final eight. Um, but obviously let's talk about the most uh, important thing that we uh, saw that I see some of the comments already going over. So we'll go over it now. Um, so when we get to the, uh, okay, so David's asking who went home and missed the last 10 minutes. Uh, David, uh, if you want to know, uh, we're happy to tell you. We just don't want to accidentally spoil you. So if you're good to uh, be informed, I'll give you, you know, five or 10 seconds if you want to just confirm. Otherwise, I'll just tell people again who got voted out just so we don't spoil anybody. I know spoilers are a big thing we want to avoid in the community. Assuming you are still here, David, the people that went home in the two tribal councils was Roxroy first, and then um, um, Tory second. Those were the two people that went home, Roxroy and uh, Tory. So uh, starting with the tribal councils, because uh, I know people are going to want to discuss that first. Um, the first tribal council, obviously, we see a big flip in terms of Roxroy being blindsided by his alliance. We are going to go deeper into that. But the biggest thing that we're seeing online right now, of course, is the second tribal council where the second group of people, which is Drea, Tori, Jonathan, uh, Marianne, and Lindsay. And I'll go, I'll go over this again. Um, I'll go over all this again as we go through the episode chronologically. I just want to talk about the most important thing first before we dive into the strategy. Um, so that second group goes to tribal. And because the first group went to tribal council first, they get to see Roxroy's on the jury. So we've seen this before, by the way, in case anyone doesn't remember, we've seen this twist in Ghost Island where we saw Michael and Jenna get voted out at this double tribal twist where the groups are broken up into two. And we also saw this at Islands of the Idols where Missy and Aaron went out. Yeah, so Islands of the Idols and um, Ghost Island, we saw this twist before. I do like the twist in general. I think it's pretty interesting for one vote. Um, but this group gets to see the results and Jeff kind of hinted that might impact your strategy or that might impact what you do. So the group walks in and the looks on their faces was astounding. They were all floored. They all had their mouths dropped to the floor. They could not believe rocks where it went. Because I think as the episode was set up, we all thought to ourselves, okay, well, the easy vote here is Romeo on one side and Tori on the other. So anything else would be a shock. And this group was very, very shocked about that. So we get to this tribal council and I, I think Drea was floored. I mean, before we get into everything else that went down, Drea was 
I think she was speechless because every time Jeff went to her, she kept saying, I, I don't know. I don't know. Andrea, and just Andrea is very blunt. Andrea is somebody who tells you like it is. So she's not one to give you a lot of metaphors, like um, maybe like a high Romeo or a Marianne are. But even for her to say, Jeff, I don't know, you could tell this really, um, you know, stuck with her. And basically, Drea, essentially, what she is saying in her words, so I don't want to try to, um, you know, misconstrue anything. I don't want to kind of, you know, lead people a certain way. I want people to develop their own thoughts about this. But what Drea was basically saying was, I'm seeing a trend. I'm seeing a trend where Chanel went home and then Roxroy went home. Maybe people didn't intend for it to be that way, but it looks a certain way to me and to some others. And I don't like this feeling. So I'm going to play my idol. And she says it very publicly. And the interesting thing here is that uh, we, we've seen this before. You know, we've seen Russell do this. We've seen, oh my God, we've seen Malcolm. We've seen a lot of people do this in Tribal in Survivor where they publicly say, I'm going to play this idol. And then they end up holding it because they're pulling a bluff. And at first you think to yourself, well, okay, like um, maybe she could be bluffing because she knows she could be a target. So she wants to hold on to it. And from the way you see this going, you realize, oh no, she's going to play it no matter what. And then Marianne speaks up and Marianne says, Jeff, I'm playing my idol too. Now keep in mind now, everybody, there's only three idols in the game. And I, I can go through this all one more time as we uh, go through the episode, but the only real idols in the game, now that the, now that the phrases are done, is Mike, Marianne, and Drea. So with both of them using theirs tonight, Mike has the only idol as of right now in the game, besides Drea's million other advantages. Um, so. Marianne then says, you know, I'm going to play it too, Jeff, and here's why. And I, I thought this is very interesting. No matter what your your opinion is on this, I know some people um, love the conversation. Some people didn't like it. That's totally fair to see it either way. But it, I think it's important to note Marianne's perception is really keen here. With, with Marianne basically saying, look, I'm going to play the idol. I'm going to play the idol because... I don't want people thinking I'm getting a free ride. I don't want people saying I'm going to bluff and play. I, I'm sorry. I, I, Marianne saying, I don't want the viewers to think that I'm going to claim I'm going to play it and then not, and then get by because they all feel bad for me. And then we're bringing race into this and it's not fair. Marianne says, I realize people are going to real think that about me. So I'm not even going to give them the opportunity. Sorry, the screen's getting a little dim here. Um, Marianne's saying, I don't even want to give them the opportunity to say that. So I'm going to play it and just prove that I'm saying I'm going to play it and I'm going to do it because I want to get through. And I think it was just an interesting conversation because I, 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 I Andrea, Andrea was right in that, you know, she wasn't being aggressive. And that's the one thing I will stand firm on. I, I do not think she was being aggressive at all. I think Drea was just expressing how she was feeling and she was saying what her, her opinion on this is. And she's valid in those feelings. And Marianne is too. Everybody is valid in their own feelings, no matter what. And it was just so interesting because, you know, Drea was basically saying to Jeff, if I understood correctly, you know, I, I see this happening. Now, I don't think that's the reason why he went home, but it could be subconscious and people might be not thinking it while they're writing pen to paper, but it kind of also says something else. And now I would say from my standpoint, somebody who loves the strategy, I don't think that's why Roxroy went. The vote was either Romeo because he's on the outs and he's scheming or Roxroy because he's hard to strategize with. He's very rigid and he's going to be tough to mold later in the game. So that's the real reason why Roxroy left, as we'll get into later. But, you know, Dre is saying, like, everybody can think one thing, but I'm seeing it another way. So um, basically, the last thing I'll say about this before we really get into the rest of the episode and these tribals more in terms of the strategy is just that uh, I know people are going to have different opinions. And I, I, I think people might say, well, I didn't like this in 41. Um, you know, I, I didn't like that. And 42 has been great so far, but now I'm seeing this and I don't like that. And I saw some people also saying, 
uh, like David mentioned that he just got into Survivor last year in this new era, but he has, you know, since gone back and gone watching. And I think it's interesting that someone like David is somebody who watches, you know, the new era, but then gets to see it from the beginnings. So you get to see how Survivor was, how it stayed the same in some ways, how it's changed in others. But I just, I think that this is interesting because, you know, last season there was discussions from Liana, Shan, Danny, and Deshaun about aligning together because of their shared background and some people liked it some people didn't like it and now this time we didn't see any of those conversations happening i think as some people pointed out in the chat you know drea was somebody who voted out chanel i think marianne i would need to go to the voting chart but i think marianne also voted out chanel no marianne was somebody who wrote romeo's name down um so you know some people might point to that and say well isn't that contradictory what do you think about that and i just feel like um I just feel like, you know, that th those were voting based on the alliances and based on strategy. And I just think when Marianne and Drea walked into this tribal council, they just were shocked by this vote. And I, I don't think they truly felt that it had things to do with race, but they just personally felt like, you know, subconsciously, I don't want this to be seen as a trend. I don't want people to think that, you know, we can't work together or that we're kind of letting, like we're, we're permitting this trend to continue. So... I, listen, I think it's a very complicated subject. I hope I'm doing a, a decent job at trying to just talk through it with everybody. I know Dylan's going to have his own thoughts. Um, we might try to record tomorrow or we might try to record early next week. I'm actually going away this weekend, but um, maybe we'll get Dylan's thoughts before the next episode. But I just think it's a, it's an interesting conversation to have, um, whatever your stance is on it. Um, and again, as we get into some questions and comments later in the um recording we can go over it again if you all want to uh but basically as we get now to the start of the episode we open up with romeo and hi now this is interesting in terms of strategy because romeo threw him a hinky vote if anybody out there is a big brother watcher um you've seen this a lot before where sometimes when you go into the voting booth you sometimes throw a rogue vote on somebody now, this is done for different reasons. People do this to either cast suspicion on others, like, oh, I'm going to blame this person for the vote. Or like Romeo did tonight, I want to send a message to Hi that I think you're a schemer and I think that you need to be kind of shaken up a bit in this game. For my opinion, as mainly a survivor watcher, but with some big brother knowledge, the hinky votes, I feel like never work. They never work because um uh, i thank you for the comments everybody um it's i think it's very interesting because i keep saying it's i keep saying it's interesting though i need to kind of switch it up a bit but no hinky votes never work hinky votes essentially never work because nine times out of ten the group will call you out the group will say who could have thrown the hinky votes i think it was this person and the other reason why it gets, sometimes gets messed up is because multiple people throw hinky votes and it's like if we were trying to blame I'll make up a name. If we're trying to blame Brad, why are there two votes from this person? That makes no sense. So I feel like the hinky votes just never work because you often get caught and it often doesn't really advance your game really ever. And as we see here, High knows it. High knows right away, okay, I know it's Romeo. I, I know it's Romeo. I'm going to say that to the people, anyone else want to own it? But he knows High, uh, Romeo did it. And I think Romeo wasn't trying to hide it really either. Um, and hi, as we'll kind of see here in this episode, we're starting to see a bit more of a villain edit from Hi. And that's not just me saying it. If you go to Hi's Twitter, um, because Hi's pretty active on Twitter, he's also kind of saying, Ooh, are you gonna see my villain edit tonight? So Hi knows how he's being perceived. And this is proven in the next clip where after Romeo and Hi kind of go at it, and they High is like, I want to target Romeo. Romeo says to to Lindsay and Tori, I want to target Hi. We see in the next clip, the guys are talking and they say who should go next from the outsiders. Because now that Chanel's gone, the outsiders are Tori, Romeo, and uh, Marianne. And Hai says, I would like Romeo gone. And then as he's talking, Roxroy's interrupting him and Hai's like, can you just let me finish? And again, this kind of shows two things. One, it shows that why Roxroy got voted out in terms of his, um, his old-fashionedness, in terms of his, you know, stubbornness you know all about keeping the tribe strong the guys very old school mentality and high is over here saying you know I, I can't work with this guy 
and I think we're seeing High grow more as a villain, which is interesting that a Tory's now gone, but it's a really stark departure. Because if you think about it, the pre-merge was all about High and Lydia are the underdogs because uh, Jenny and Mike are together. Um, High and Lydia are together with Daniel and Chanel in the middle, but Daniel and Chanel were going to vote with Jenny and Mike until the whole Shipwheel Island, Chanel's lost vote, that whole debacle that we, we went over. But High was the underdog and everyone was like, yeah, go High, you got this, you, you pulled in Mike, you, you came to the top of your tribe, you, you, you did a great job strategically, and now we're kind of seeing High, you know, snip at some people and people are kind of like calling him out and saying, oh, you know, High needs to be shooken up a bit. So it's interesting to see how High's arc is going to go at this point. So I think, I think even though Omer is not an underdog, he clearly is running the show. I think Omer has a, a, um, has risen up more as a strategist who I think the audience is maybe going to relate more and like now. Um, but basically, the last thing we see before the immunity challenge is um, Roxroy again saying, I want the five guys to work together. Roxroy is all about five guys, burgers and fries. Um, so Roxroy says, I want the guys minus Romeo. So Rox. Mike, hi, um, Rox Roy, <laughs> Rox and Roy. No, God, geez. Uh, Rox Roy, hi, Mike, Omer, and Jonathan. Those five guys working together in this game because there are six guys, four women, and if the five guys vote together, they can pick off the women and then also Romeo. And outwardly, Omer and hi are like, yeah. Uh, got guys strong. We got this because in Survivor, you always say yes. I mean, people always say, like, was it a good move to agree to that? And I, I always say, you can bounce checks. I always say, if you have a good social game and if you know how to maneuver st uh, strategically and socially, you can do whatever you want because the worst thing you can do in Survivor is either appear wishy washy or to say, I don't want to do that. I mean, we saw this primarily in Philippines where people approached Jonathan Penner with a alliance and he said, and I'll get back to you. I'll think about that. And then he got voted out because he didn't give them a clear answer and they didn't know where he was going to go. So you have to always, the answer is always yes, always. Um, but in confessional, Omer and High are like, no, you know, like we're not going to do this. Roxroy is like, you know, the guys never get together. We never see strong guys make it out. And then Romeo and High are like, what are you saying? Have you not watched Survivor? I think in their minds, Roxroy has watched like seasons one through 10 and then he stopped watching or maybe he's seen like highlights and he goes, where are the guys all working together? And they're all like, you know, the guys always work together. So yeah, Omer and High aren't feeling this as we're going to see this pay dividends later in the episode. Um, so now at this point, oh, and then the last quote that I want to say that I loved was Roxroy saying, you got to plant the seed, grow the plant and bear the fruit. And I feel like that's a metaphor that's very apt for what we're going to see in terms of Roxroy planted the seed. He was trying to grow this, and unfortunately for him, the fruit that it bare wasn't the guys staying strong. It was, no, some of the guys are going to turn on you. So it was a very interesting metaphor for how Roxroy was going to play it out. Yeah, as, as Kay Benia is saying in the chat, um, Roxroy might be fun TV, but his social game is not that great. Not, and listen, he admits it. He said it uh, when Swathi left. He said, look, guys, I'm not good socially. So next we get to the immunity challenge, which if anybody is a fan of Survivor knows, this is Bermuda Triangles. We've seen this a lot in Survivor. We've seen this in Winners at War most recently. We saw this in Caramoan. We saw it in, um, oh my God, where else did we see it? We, we've seen it a million times. I've lost track of how many times we've seen it, but we've seen it at least five or 10 times at this point. Because um, you basically have your uh, players perched on a little triangle in the water. Now, normally... You start on the lowest rung of this triangle. And then as time goes on, you go into the next highest rung until you're on the flat beam at the top. And this time, it didn't last long. We can see why they never even got to the top rung. Because this was the windiest and uh, the wildest the water has ever been for Bermuda Triangles. I mean, Jeff said go, and within seconds, Marianne, Rox, Mike, um, Tori, out, out. Everybody was out instantaneously it went so fast i i almost thought we were going to be done with this challenge in maybe two minutes and then the rest of the episode was going to be strategy and tribal council because we had two tribes it just turned out that they were knocked off very fast 
And the two groups, uh, just to reiterate one more time so people can follow along, I really should have a whiteboard like Jeff behind me. I really should just kind of lay out who is with who, or maybe I can write something down quickly. But um, essentially, the two groups were Roxroy, Mike, Hi, Omer, and Romeo in group one. That's group one. So five guys. And in group two is Jonathan and the ladies. It's Jonathan, Drea, Marianne, Lindsay, and Tori. Those are the two groups. And like I said, people go, went out fast. And right away, we get down to a showdown on both sides. We get down to Romeo versus High, ironically, in the first group. And then we get Jonathan and uh, Tori, sorry, Jonathan and Lindsay in the other group. So the first time Tori won't have immunity in this post-merge. So we're going to see a new winner, finally. Um, and it's back and forth. It, it's very unclear who's gonna who's gonna pull it out. Sometimes you see somebody that's rock solid, but they everybody was shaking like crazy. It, it, as somebody who is not good with balance, I would have been like Marianne or Mike. I would have been out in two seconds at this point. Um, but High pulls it out. High wins for Group One, and Jonathan wins for Group Two. So Jonathan finally gets his first real solo immunity win. So we'll see if Jonathan can keep his uh, streak going here. Uh, but the interesting thing to remember is that when the tribes split into two, the person who wins overall not only gets food for their tribe or for their group, but they also get to go to tribal council second. I like this a lot from the strategy perspective. Um, putting aside the conversation tonight about race, I love how when you go to tribal council as a group and you go second, you get to see who got voted out first in the first group. And that might change your strategy. Again, we saw tonight for other reasons, but it will impact your strategy. Again, to use another example, when we saw the last, uh, this, this last used in Island of the Idols, we saw Aaron go out in the first group. And then when Missy walks in with her group too, she's like, oh my God, my number one just got voted out. What's going to happen? And Stephen Fishback always says in the podcast, 99% of tribal is theater. People usually make up their mind when they're at camp the strategy happens there there might be some whispers but people usually don't change the tribal it's very rare that tribal is live like we saw in edge of extinction where it goes crazy um and i again like i'm saying i like that they get to go second and you get to see who got voted out because that will impact your strategy because i think tonight we can have a whole discussion later on if things played out as normal and Romeo went home, and the group wasn't shocked. Would Dre would Drea have still played her idol? Would Drea have gone home? Would Tori have still gone home? I'm really curious to figure out when I think about this more, and I'm curious what everybody thinks in the chats. If things were reversed, if Romeo went, who would have gone home in the second tribal? Would it still have been Tori, or would Drea have gotten blindsided? Um, but anyway, as we get back to camp, right away we're all thinking as we head into commercial break, Romeo and Tori are the easy votes on both groups. So if this is a boring episode, we're going to get those two easy boots. Mike even says heading into commercial break, um, listen, it's four to one. Drop the four, keep the one. Like <laughs> Romeo is the on the outs. He's going to go home, plain and simple. And right away I'm thinking, okay, so Romeo's not gone. I know sometimes they, they try to misdirect us and then it's the the obvious boot the whole time. But this time it really felt like it's way, it's way, way, way too easy. And Omer is not going to let it happen, as we saw. So in group one, which again is the five guys, not Romeo. Sorry, five guys, not Jonathan. We see they all go, come to the conclusion Romeo's got to go. Romeo is on the outs. He's scheming. He's coming after high. He has to go here. But Omer, and I, I love this from Omer, I want to break down Omer's thoughts versus Haya Mike's thoughts. Because I think ha Omer played it well, and I don't love what Haya Mike did. Omer right away notices, look, Romeo's an easy vote, but he's not coming for me. He's coming for the big alliance that he doesn't think I'm a part of. Because again, lest we forget, Omer is insulated very well in the majority. But because he lost his vote at the um, the Lydia Tribal Council due to Chanel, people think uh, the outsiders think they're with he's with them. They think he's on the bottom as well because you can't be a part of this. You didn't have a vote. Um, you weren't part of the Lydia votes, which he clearly was. And 
Omer is able to play both sides in this way. So Omer realizes Romeo's not coming after me. He, yeah, he's a threat, but he's going to go after bigger guys like Jonathan and maybe Mike and Rox. So I'm lower on his, his, uh, his threat list. And number two, he just voted for high at the last tribal. So if we go in order in terms of he wants Jonathan gone, he wants Mike, he wants Rox, maybe Drea, high. In Omer's mind, why would you get rid of somebody who is not gunning for you? I mean, people always say the great players um, not only think about what's best for their game, but they also try to get people to align with their way of thinking. And Omer tonight, once again, not only got his way, he got people to see his way of thinking and was able to push his agenda. Um, and he realizes, look, Romeo's not coming after me. While Roxroy, he is a bit more stubborn. And I can't mold him and I can't shape him. And I want people in this game that I can manipulate, that I can get them to do what I want. And if Roxroy is honed in on somebody like a Tori or like a Romeo or whoever, he's not going to change his mind. So I need somebody who's a bit more malleable. So he says, I want um, Rox gone. And Romeo's going to go with it because Romeo's on the chopping block. So... Romeo and and uh, Omer say, "Well, we have to go to High because High is a swing boat because Mike might Mike Mike's not going to do it." The one thing that I liked from High in this episode, other than him winning immunity, was I I really like how High says, "I'm going to go to Mike, and I'm going to not blindside him." Now, even though it's dangerous because in a in a different season, Mike could go run to Roxroy and spill the beans. Um, in this case, Roxroy doesn't have an idol, so Roxroy can't do anything about this, really. Um, but High se uh, says smartly, if I blindside Mike, and if I go with Romeo and with Omer, and I don't tell Mike, and then Mike gets blindsided by a 3-2 to two vote where, oh my god, Roxroy left, I didn't know about it, Mike is going to be pissed. I mean, we saw what happened when Daniel screwed over Mike, and when Chanel voted for Mike, he he was pissed. Mike Mike does not let things go. So if High were to do this to him, Mike is Mike is is he 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 don't mess with High anymore. And luckily, High does go to him and say, "Look, I'm thinking about doing this. I want your thoughts." And Mike is like, "No, we can't do it because I don't want to be seen as untrustworthy, and we're going to stick to our group. I don't want people to think that we would flip on them." The interesting thing here is that High is like, "So do you?" like Roxroy in this game? Do you want to keep him? And Mike says, I'm fine with letting him go. Like, Mike doesn't want to take maybe take him to final three or four with him, although he could be lying to high. Mike just says, it can't be tonight. It can't be tonight because when, as we saw, when Drea and Jonathan Lindsay, when our alliance walks into tribal council, they're going to go, oh my God you just voted out one of our Alliance members without us and without telling us. So I really do think that it was good to talk it over. I agree with lightning in the chat though, when lightning says it was a bad decision to keep Romeo. I think it was a bad decision because when people often say in survivor, when you're working with a group or I'm sorry, when someone's gunning for you, sometimes you have to put differences aside and work together because sometimes you have to come together in a voting block to vote out a different threat, which I understand. But in my opinion, if someone is actively gunning for you, like Romeo was gunning for High, I wouldn't want to keep that variable around. Because I know the next time High is vulnerable, Romeo's going to go right back to targeting him. I feel like you could have gotten rocks right at a later point. I, I do not like this decision personally from High and Mike. Granted, I maybe I'll think about it tonight. Maybe I'll wake up with a different opinion tomorrow. I just feel like they know that Romeo is gunning for their alliance and specifically gunning for high. So for them to vote out Romeo, I'm sorry, for them to vote out Roxroy when Romeo's going to gun for them, I think it's a bit hasty. I think it is a bit, you know, high says I'm voting with strategy over emotion, but I don't think it's the right strategy. I, I think you can get Romeo out tonight when he's not going to put, put up a fight because he doesn't have an idol. At most, he can play a shot in the dark, but as we've seen so far, it hasn't worked yet. And then final eight, final seven, get rid of Roxroy if you want. And, and talk to Drea and talk to Lindsay and say, you know, Rox is, Rock, we, we can't work with Rox. So I don't know. 
I don't think it was the right move for them. For Omer, I think it's a great move. Omer still is in the best spot in this uh, game. He is positioned so well. People are saying on Twitter, will he get caught? You know, will people catch on? At this point, I don't see it. I feel like Omer is so well positioned. Uh, and, you know, there's a scenario where he goes to this group and says, we should flip it on rocks. And I don't think this was going to happen. But in a different season, in a parallel universe, there's a chance that the group says, Omer's flipping on the group. He has to go. But Omer is so well positioned with his social capital that he wasn't going to go anywhere. And he gets out somebody who's not good for his game in terms of strategy. So I think this is another, like the Lydia vote, this is another great episode for um, for uh, Omer. And like Kay Bonilla says in the chat, I think it's an interesting point. You are limited in strategy with Roxroy compared to Romeo. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the key thing here where Roxroy, well, here's the thing though. Roxroy is somebody who... If, if you're good with him, if you're in his final three, he's not flipping on you. The problem is if you're not in his final three, because then he'll target you eventually because he's going to stay loyal to his group. And I feel like on one hand, you're limited with strategy because Roxroy will not entertain flips. He will not entertain chaos. So it, ma it makes sense what KBN is saying. But I also feel like to add on to this, um, you know, with Romeo, you kind of you're leaving someone in the game who's a bit more chaotic, somebody who can mess up your plan. So it really is a tough toss up in terms of, do you vote out somebody who is more chaotic, but do you, or do you vote out somebody who's more straightforward and not malleable? That's why I think for Haya Mike, I don't love it. For uh, Omer, I do love it. So that's the group one. Now we get to group two, where Jonathan also says, I'm going to make a big move. I want to vote out Drea. I do. The one thing I like that Jonathan did tonight, because I, I wasn't a fan of the strategy as we'll see in a second, but I think he does bring up a good point where when you have the immunity necklace, some people sit back. Some people say, it's not me. Maybe, maybe it's someone like Tori who just saved themselves. You're like, look, it ain't me tonight. I don't want to cause more chaos. I'm already on the bottom. I'm just going to sit back. You tell me who to vote. I'm good. I want to reintegrate myself. But I do feel like if you have the necklace, you can try to make things happen. And we've seen this so many times, too many examples to name, but where the person who has the necklace set, like, okay, perfect. I guess here, here's a good example, Tony. I mean, the Tony perfect episode from Winners at War when Sophie goes home is Tony basically wins immunity. He beats um, extortion. He wins immunity. And he says, I have safety. I have the, um, I have like the protection now to go, um, to go, uh, make a move against Sophie to weaken, you know, Sarah and to, you know, weaken other people. Um, so Jonathan says, look, I'm not going to sit back on my laurels. I'm going to make sure that I get my agenda pushed tonight because I'm safe and no one can take that away from me unless there's an hourglass. <laughs> um, and in the end, as we'll see here, Jonathan in the end still got what he wanted, putting everything else that happened aside, Jonathan still got rid of Tori, who was not in his alliance. He flushed Drea's idol and he flushed Marianne's idol. And even though Marianne is in his Taku 4, she's on the bottom of the, of the Taku 4 and he doesn't fully want to work with her. So in essence, Jonathan, other than Drea not leaving, she got almost everything he wanted in the end. Um, but this is where he messed up. So he wants to vote against Drea, which I can understand. Okay, now it's like final 10, final 9. You want to make a big move. I understand it in some regards. He wants to get rid of her idol. Okay. But he goes to Marianne and says, we're going to tell her the decoy is you. And I don't like this. And I think Lindsay catches on very well. And I'm finally glad that we're seeing Lindsay. I know people online are saying, if you look at the confessional count, Lindsay is the least seen. So I'm glad we're getting some more content from her. And we're seeing that she's actually a pretty astute player. She's pretty good at knowing the strategy, which I really like to see from Lindsay. I think a lot of us perceived her as... She's very physically fit. She's a dietitian. She's uh, probably one of the strongest females besides Drea, but we don't know that much else about her. And I really liked how we got to see Lindsay step into more of a strategic role in this episode. But basically what happens is Jonathan wants to tell Drea, okay, we're voting for Marianne tonight. This is bad for a couple of reasons, as Lindsay points out. Number one, Marianne is in your alliance. If Drea plays her idol, and she votes for Marianne like you told her to. And let's just say everybody votes for Drea. It's four votes on Drea get negated because of the idol. 
one vote on Marianne, Marianne goes home. Yeah, Jonathan, you may not want to work with Marianne because you see that she's, you think she's annoying or you don't trust her, but she's pretty loyal to you, as it seems. She likes the Takus. She has an extra vote and an idol. You can keep her for a couple more votes, maybe get rid of her later, but you kind of want her now because you want to establish your Taku majority to establish control. And then once you have the numbers, maybe then you start to get rid of Marianne here and there. But he says, I want to target you and she can go home. I feel like why not tell Drea the vote is Tori because Drea and Tori don't like each other, number one. And number two, it, it seems more believable. I feel like Drea, because Drea seems like a smart player, her antenna would go up and say, you'd rather get rid of someone from your own group than from than Tori, who we all don't trust and I don't like her. And Drea even says this is a red flag, which is why, you know, I know the whole conversation at Tribal Council happened, but you can make the argument that no matter what, in a five-person uh, tribe, and Jonathan safe, so you have a one in four chance of going home. I feel like Drea was, was going to play the idol anyway. I mean, if I was in Drea's spot and I had four million advantages and I didn't want to go home with a one in four shots, I would have played my idol. Absolutely. So Lindsay hears this plan, I think from Marianne or Jonathan tells her, and Lindsay disagrees. She's like, why would we risk Marianne? Drea's more likely to believe it's Tori and she's going to be fine going with Tori and we can still get her out. And I just feel like, you know, Lindsay was right. You know, you got to, you got to vote that way. So when Lindsay was saying, maybe me and Drea write down Tori and the three of you vote Drea. And guess what? Maybe Drea could go. Maybe she plays her idol. But if she does play her idol, then Tori goes and we keep our Takus together. And Jonathan was shutting it down. And I feel like this is, again, I always talk about Survivor and their story arcs and how they tie things very well together for the most part. And we see this um, from the early game where we see Jonathan say, I don't want to come off as aggressive. I don't want to, um, you know, push too hard or be seen as brash because then people are going to say big guy. He's picking on uh, people that are smaller than him. And he did a good job throughout most of the episode or throughout most of the season so far. But now we're starting to see bits and pieces where, like Lightning says in the chat, he not only doesn't think of the right strategy, he also alienates Lindsay. Because now listen, Lindsay's like, you're not agreeing with me. Or not even that you're not agreeing with me, you're not listening to me. It's one thing for you to say, as an Alliance member, I hear what you're saying, I think it's a good idea, but I think this is why this is better for you and I. That's the better way to approach it. Because you're not just saying it's good for you, you're saying it's good for us. Or the royal, the royal we, so to say. And you're saying why this is good for us as an alliance. But instead, he's like, no, you're not thinking. You're not thinking clearly. It's not great. Also, I'm seeing some talk about Danny in the chat, and agree, Danny is a much better player than Roxroy. And Danny was voted out because he was a social threat, and people did think he was a, a number four Deshaun there. Um, interesting that we're talking about that. Uh, and basically. Lindsay's like, you're going to lose my support down the road because you're not wanting to work with me and you're not great as an alliance partner. And then we see this again at Tribal Council where we talk about the whole, you know, the race discussion. And, you know, Jonathan clearly is, you know, on one side with Dre and Marianne on the other side. And Lindsay, because, you know, you wonder, well, is Lindsay going to, you know, stick by Jonathan as an alliance member, as somebody who has more of a similar background to her? Or is she going to see things Drea Marianne's way? And she totally goes with Drea Marianne. I mean, we don't get a reaction from Jonathan, but she kind of says, Drea, you are being valid. You're not being aggressive. Um, and basically, this is a second example of where we could see an eventual cold war, as people are saying on Twitter, between Marianne and Jonathan has been brewing all season long. And now we could see Lindsay being added to this cold war on the side of Marianne. We thought for the longest time, Lindsay and Jonathan are going to go to war against Marianne. It might now be Lindsay and Marianne versus Jonathan. We'll have to see what happens next week at the final eight. So now that we get to tribal council, it's either going to be Romeo or Rox from group one, or in group two, it's going to be either, it seems, before anything happens, it's going to be either Drea, if she doesn't play her idol, or if Lindsay gets her way, it'll be Tori. If Jonathan gets his way, it'll be Marianne. So at this moment, that's what that's what we're, we're that's what we're seeing essentially. 
So in the group one tribal council, we get some interesting comments, nothing really groundbreaking as, as we saw in the second tribal council, but basically Roxroy further cements uh, that he is really like an old school player because Roxroy is like, look, we had a plan. We stuck with it. We talked for a little bit, but we're guys. We, we kept it simple. We, we just talked about life. That's it. And Jeff was like, huh, it's that simple, huh? And Romeo's like, damn, and we just talked like guys like that. That's it. And I feel like this was just further proving that, you know, Roxroy is somebody that you took him from season two or three and you, you you plopped him in 42. And this game is moving very fast and it's, you know, very chaotic. And he's all about the strength, the guys, the shelter. So it's just interesting to see Roxroy from, you know, that perspective. And we now get to the votes. And I feel like we further got more proof that this was going to happen because we went to commercial. Now, you could say that's just the airing. That's because of the runtime commercials. I don't think we go to commercial and Romeo just goes out with a whimper. I, I, from the whole episode, we knew this flip was going to happen. And we knew that when they went to commercial and came back, <gasps> shocker, rocks where I went. So I think it was pretty plain for us to see. The only thing that I think is interesting, although people might say, nah, it, it's not that important, Romeo doesn't play a shot in the dark. So if we're going to compare this to the pre-merge, you know, where you also have smaller groups, it, I guess Romeo or the outside viewer thinks they're all voting for Romeo. It's going to be four votes on Romeo, one vote on Roxroy. But Romeo realizes, and I think that everybody else realizes this too, in the audience and in the game, with these five people, this could be a 3-2 split because there's a chance that if Hyde doesn't talk to Mike and if Hyde goes with Romeo and Ra and Romeo and Omer, it's three to two uh, against Roxroy or against Romeo, depending on how it goes. So because the vote can be three to two, if Romeo places shot in the dark, it can now be two, two, and he might go home on the revote. Cause I saw people online saying, well, if Romeo knew he was going to go home or if Romeo th thought it was either him or Rox, why wouldn't he play a shot in the dark? And I think because it could have been a clear three to two and ending up in a tie where he could have went home, I feel like that's why Romeo chose not to play a shot in the dark. Or he simply thought, I have the votes tonight. I know that Omer's on my side because Omer's running the game. And hi, even though he's sneaky, he'll save me tonight. So I think that's why Romeo didn't play the shot in the dark. And Roxroy goes to the jury. But instead of going to Ponderosa, he goes right over there to the bench with Chanel. Which, as we said in the beginning of the podcast, before we get into questions, that sets up everything that we see here. Where... Roxroy is on the bench and the Roxroy vote shifted how this is going to go. I, I, I just want to say as a side note, I always love to talk about different scenarios or like a butterfly effect where one decision or one chosen pathway has multiple impacts on other things. Because to go back to the um, random draw from earlier this episode where we got our two groups, we could have gotten a completely different end of the game. You know, you can make the same argument about 41, where the two groups were, you know, Liana, Danny, Deshaun, Xander, and Evie in one group. And then you had Shan, Ricard, Nasir, Heather, and Erica on the other group. And you can make the argument that, well, because Nasir went here, and then um, because then Evie went, and then and then the Shan blindside, like, that's how Erica won. Like, you can make the argument that if things break down a different way, we might have a different endgame and a different winner. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens at the end of 42 because we got our two groups tonight. We could have been in a completely completely different scenario where uh, Tori doesn't go, Romeo doesn't go, sorry, Rox doesn't go, and let's just say in an alternate universe, Drea leaves and High leaves because, you know, High could have been a target and Drea was targeted. We could have a whole different endgame. So I love seeing how one um, incision point or one point in time can really impact other scenarios and this is kind of proven as we go to the tribal council where uh they see roxroy is voted out they're shocked and that creates this whole conversation where drea says publicly i'm playing my idol no matter what it's not a bluff marianne's playing her idol it's not a bluff jonathan's safe so you can only vote for Lindsay or tori and and for one of the first times in history really Jeff says, why don't we just skip the voting confessional? This is a very open and raw conversation. Let's vote right now. Let's vote in the open. 
And what we see here is the group says, okay, we're going to vote Tory because, you know, other than Drea, we're, we're Taku strong. We're going to vote out Tory here because I'm, because Jonathan is, and Marianne are like, I'm not flipping on Lindsay and Drea is in their alliance. So I am not flipping on Lindsay either. And Tory's like, it, it's me. Tory, Tory, Tory knows at this point. <laughs> Tory's like, I know it's me. It's me because she plays her shot in the dark. And she even says, I have no other choice. I saw people online say, well, wait, if Tori plays her shot in the dark and she's not safe, which is what happened, she goes. If she is safe, by default, Lindsay goes. People were saying, why wouldn't Lindsay, because she's also now at risk, why wouldn't she play her shot in the dark? Because didn't Jeff say at the merge, there's now two safe scrolls and you have a one in uh, two and 12 shots, which is also one in six. I think the thing that happened here was this went back to the pre-merge in a way where that was one in six. I think at this tribal council, Jeff kept it simple and said for both groups, we're going to have a one in five shot of shot in the dark. So if Tori and Lindsay play their, their shots in the dark, you each have a one fifth shot of being safe. So that's why Lindsay didn't play it. Imagine if that happened, by the way, imagine if, you know, Lindsay and Tori both play shots in the dark and you're like, Oh my God, what's happening now? Um, but basically Tori knows she's got to play it and uh, she's not safe and she goes home. The last thing I'll say before we get to questions is I want to just do a quick eulogy on Tori and Roxroy. Like I said, Roxroy, super fun TV character, very old school, not really equipped for this fast paced new era of Survivor. But I feel like it was a fun experiment to see someone like Roxroy in a modern season. He seemed like a really nice guy. He had great quotes, great uh, confessionals. So it was fun to see him on the show. I don't think we'll see him back. I think once is enough for him, but it was interesting to see. And Tori, you know, Kay Benia says you got to respect Tori's game at that moment. I, I've had so many emotions about Tori. Um, and then we'll get to questions uh, and comments here. You know, Tori is somebody who in the, in the preseason, I said, she obviously knows the game. Her, her and her family are big super fans. She's a therapist. She wants to use that in her strategy but I saw some red flags where it's, I said to myself, you know, she's going to play too hard. She's going to, you know, try to come off as one way, but they're going to see her as another. And I don't think she'll do well. I don't think she'll, you know, win. I don't know if she'll go first, but I don't think she's going to make it all the way. And then the game starts. And what do we see? We see Tori on the outs right away, you know, kind of um, playing sloppy and it's not really working out. And I said, this is what I thought. This is what I thought. Tori, she uh, she's not going to do well in this. Then she gets she goes into the merge. She survives a couple votes, and she wins two immunities. And I said, "Oh well, my God, Tori! I didn't have this on my bingo card of Tori winning immunities, but here we are." And in the end, she was a fun character to watch. You know, obviously, uh, she was also like as we're seeing from high, she was a little villainous in some way. Tori did give us some villain vibes, but I think she was a uh, you know, a quite, quite a character to watch on the show because, you know, I really thought to myself, Tori is someone who I'm not really rooting for. And I think a lot of people weren't rooting for Tori, but she kept it fun. Tori kept things interesting because there was always a name out there, but it wasn't going to be her until it was her tonight. And I'm interested to see what happens in this game going forward without her. Cause now in terms of the outsiders, you still have Romeo and Marianne, but at this point, the game might be shifting where that big alliance is now very fractured with Roxroy going out and the group splintering. I, I don't think this group stays together and it'll be very, very chaotic next week at the final eight. So let's get to some questions. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, put them in the chat and I will go through it. Um, let's see. What do we have here? Um, yeah. So again, as I'm going through the questions, I do see some comments about... Uh, the um, the discussion at the Second Tribal Council. We already went through that. Um, if anybody's just hopping in, we already went over the conversation that we saw from Drea and Marianne and Jonathan about you know the race and the perception. Um, I'm not going to go through it all again. Just wanted to uh, share my thoughts on it. Uh, hopefully did a decent job at trying to navigate it and share my perspective and try to explain it from what, what, what Tori's point of view was, what Drea's point of view was, Marianne's, et cetera. Um, I know people are going to feel different ways about it. Um, all I can hope is that this was enlightening for some people. It maybe taught us some things. And 
I'm excited for Survivor next week, where I think at the final eight, we hopefully see a very chaotic group of a fractured big alliance, underdogs wanting to flip the game, people having new allegiances. So we will see what happens uh, there. So the first question or comment that I see is... So Lightning says he's happy that Tor he or she says that they're happy that Tori went home because it would have sucked if Lindsay went home by default without a proper tribal council. I, this is actually very interesting because I think people would have been very upset to not get to see Lindsay as a player, or especially tonight, we finally see Lindsay rise as a player. We see her understand strategy, understand why Jonathan's strategy is wrong, and she might be looking for new allegiances now only for her to go out by default because Tori is safe and there's no one left and she goes home. I think people would have been very upset. Um, you know, I, I would have thought it would have been, it was sucked not to see more of her. So I think this is very um, intriguing in terms of like, okay, Tori went home and you know, if she was safe, we could have lost Lindsay without even getting to know Lindsay as a player. So I think it's interesting to see that perspective there. Um, yeah. So we talked a little bit about as well, uh, hi, Mike and the decision to vote out Romeo. And I think we, as we went through the podcast, we said from my stance, I feel like this was not good for Hi and Mike because not only is Romeo still there to target Hi and maybe even Mike and also Jonathan, they can get back to try, they can get back to camp next week. And uh, Jonathan and Lindsay and Dreya said, What the hell happened? Why did Roxroy go? And then who knows? Maybe Mike and Hi will start to go at it. Like, we don't know what's going to happen now. So it could have put them in a precarious spot and you still have a known entity in Romeo who's gunning for you. So I love this move from Omer. I don't like it from Mike and Hi. Um, let's see. We have another quick question about, let's see here. Kay Benia wants to know, did Drea's idol play? Okay. Was Drea's idol play more strategic or doing what's morally right? So just to go back into this for a second, Miriam kind of pointed out the perceptions from the audience where if we say that we're going to play it and then we bluff and we don't play it and we don't get any votes or if we skate by, people are going to say they were, they, were, they were playing this card and I don't like it. It wasn't fair. This isn't great. So she says to prevent that from happening, I'm going to play it. So you can't say now that, I survived because of that. I survived because of my idol. But in terms of Drea, this is what I was saying before, where in an alternate universe, would she have gone home? I feel like it was a bit of, you know, both. I feel like Drea wanted to make, send a message. She wanted to prove a point. She didn't want to continue a trend, but she also, I think, realizes that she's a threat. I mean, if, if we put everything else aside and we just look at the game solely, we can all agree when Drea turns to Jonathan Lindsay and said, "Was I was the vote, right? It was me. I think Drea was going to play the idol no matter what. Because again, you have a one in four shot of going home with Jonathan safe. One in four chance. And there's a good possibility that you as a physical player, and you know you have like four advantages, and I would never want to be a person. <laughs> I would never want to be a person who goes home with an idol. I wouldn't want to be somebody who goes home with an idol, an extra vote an amulet, a knowledge of power, I would not want to go home with four things in my bag. So in Drea's mind, it's now final nine. And if I can save myself where I could be in danger, I'm going to do it. So I think we can call it strategic. We can call it whatever you want. But I do feel like she was going to play her idol no matter what. I think Tori would have left anyway. Or if Jonathan got his way, maybe Marianne would have been back up. But I feel like in that moment, you got to play your idol to save yourself in that small, small scenario. Cabanilla says, uh, is Mike now vulnerable with his idol? So is Mike vulnerable with his idol? So, okay, so I this is a good question because I want to go over who has what. Because I know people are maybe wondering, where, where do we sit now on the game board? So everybody left has their shot in the dark. Because everybody who has played it, Zach, uh, Mariah... Swathi, Tori, they've all gone home. They've all gone home because they used it. Um, so everybody left in the game, the final eight, they all had their shot in the dark. The only person with an idol is Mike. The beware idol, only Mike has it because Marianne and Drea played theirs. 
The only person who has the knowledge's power is Drea. So she has that advantage, which is overpowered, and we don't and we don't we don't like it. <laughs> the extra vote, Drea and Marianne still have an extra vote. So they still have that. And I think Marianne's alliance knows she has it, and Drea's alliance knows she has it. And then last is the amulet. And Drea, High, and Lindsay have the amulet. This is the most intriguing to me because you know we we just saw knowledge's power last week. We uh we saw the idol get played tonight, and Mike still has his. Um, and uh Drea and Marianne have the extra votes. The amulets really haven't been a big part of the season. We saw it in the premiere. Uh, we saw it at the merge where High said we should all try to work together, but internally he's like, I feel like I still shouldn't work with him. I feel like I should try to get the idol advantages out. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where all the advantages stand. I hope that was helpful. But in terms of Kay Benia's question, is Mike now vulnerable? I don't think so. I feel like Mike is still well-positioned. I would say Omer is still the most well-positioned. No, but nobody is gunning for Omer at this point, to my knowledge at all. And everybody likes Mike. And even though Mike lost Roxroy, who he didn't want to lose, I still feel like either he gets his troops back together or he won't get targeted. Or if something happens between him and High, I feel like some of the people like the Jonathans and the Lindsays, they may want to go for High instead of Mike. So I feel like Mike is the second most well-positioned in this group because no one's gunning for him. No one's gunning for Omer. You can make an argument that the people who have had their names thrown out is Marianne at this point, Romeo for sure. Um, um, Drea has been name dropped. Uh, Jonathan is probably now going to get some uh, looks towards him. So Mike, I think, is still in a good spot for the time being. Drea played her idol correctly because she was the target, but she did it in the wrong way. It would have been better to vote privately and then play the idol. I, I genuinely, Lightning, I genuinely think if they weren't shocked by Roxroy going home and the tribal council played out. Like if Romeo had went home, I think Drea was just in such a state of shock at that point. I think in her mind, she was like, I'm going to play it. I'm going to make a point about it. And that's it. I think it would have been very fun. I'll, I'll be honest, like classic survivor. I thought it, it would have been very fun. If Jeff says, all right, good talk. Let's go vote. And then Drea plays her idol. And then we see, uh, you know, Drea does not count. Drea does not count. And then, then it would have been fun to see, okay, three votes for Drea are now gone. And now it would have been fun to see, was it Tori or Marianne who got the blowback? Um, but I, I think it would have been fun to see Drea play her idol in the normal way. Uh, let's see. Any other questions here? Was I the only one who wanted uh, Tori to play the shot in the dark? To correctly play. I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted to see it. I, I know this is crazy. I know I just mentioned how I wanted to see, you know, Lindsay not go home by default because we didn't get to see her a lot. But I just want to see it work. I, I'm sure people in the chat agree with me. I want to see it work. We've now seen it used four times this season, four or five times this season. And we've now seen it used once in the past with Sydney. So like four or five times in total. And it hasn't worked once yet. Probability says in a one in six chance it's going to happen at some point. I feel like it has to happen. I have a feeling if it doesn't work at all this season and we never see someone get safe, people are going to be annoyed. People are going to be like, you know, Jeff, we forgot this twist even existed. And then every time we see it, we're like, ooh, maybe they'll save somebody. And it never does. So at this point, I don't know if it's going to go off at this point. I thought for sure if we were going to strike gold and it was going to work. It could have been Tori, and then Tori and her chaos stays again. But in a weird way, for good TV, Kabania, I kind of wanted to see it too. I really like Lindsay. I think Lindsay can be a good player in the game. But just for good TV and chaos, I feel like it would have been fun to see Tori stay. Um, Tori would have still gotten voted out, but a much simpler tribal. Yeah, so basically, we're now going with the scenario where if either Romeo was the one who got voted out, or if the whole discussion never happened, what would have went down? And I think in the end, Lindsay may have gotten her way. And I feel like Tori would have gone home. Because I do think deep down, Drea was going to play the aisle no matter what. Because she's a big... With Jonathan Safe, she is a huge target in that group. Omer has a consistent edit. 
And so far, he's the best player of the season. I, I agree. You know, people are talking about who has a winner's edit, who is playing the best game. And I think a lot of us in the pre-merge, we said, hi, Omer was doing very well, but hi, he flipped the Vati tribe. He pulled in Mike, even though they weren't working together. He had everything made for him. And then he loses Lydia. And we're like, okay, well, you lost Lydia, who's your number one. That knocks you down a few pegs, but you went with the group and you maintained your, your standing. So it's okay. Then you lose Chanel. And even though you don't like to work with Chanel, she's a number for you. I don't think she's going to actively gun for you at this point, even though you can't trust her. Keep your people that you can't trust closer so you can keep an eye on them. And he loses Chanel after Lydia. And I think as this this has gone on, my perception is High maybe had a winner's edit, but now it's starting to seem like his edit went from underdog for the win is now becoming more rise of a villain. And I don't know if he'll get taken out at final four or five, if he might end up getting to the end and he might, you know, be a losing finalist. I don't know. But Omer has had the most consistent edits. He was shown early on where he says, I don't fit in a lot sometimes, but I, I I do make good social connections and I'm a bit awkward in some ways, but I try to be likable and, and I'm going to make a, uh, I'm going to make uh, a, an alliance with Jonathan because no one will see us working together. We saw some good stuff from him early and we really seen him shine in the Lydia vote, um, in this vote tonight. And obviously he was on the right side with the Chanel vote. So Omer has done the most consistently and I think he's playing the best this season for sure. I do agree. Um, I think we only have one or two more questions and then we will uh, wrap it up here. Uh, let's see here. I think that's really all the questions. I mean, basically we have some more comments about, you know, looking back to last season about uh, Danny and uh, Deshaun and Shan and you know, Liana and Ricard. And then we have some more questions about, you know, will this discussion be a factor for future votes? I don't think so. I feel like last season, if we're going to do one last comparison before we wrap things up here, last season they talked about, um, you know, the four players of Liana, Shan, D Danny, and Deshaun talked about going together as an alliance. They wanted to make it happen. And because Deshaun and Shan couldn't get on the same page, it didn't pan out. And it kind of broke apart and they all basically went out back to back to back with Shan, Liana, Danny, and then Deshaun lost in the finals. Um, this season we didn't, and then, Oh, sorry. And then in that season in 41, after that vote, it wasn't mentioned that much again. I mean, Deshaun had some moments of tribal council where he talked about it, but it wasn't like a big part of every vote going forward. And then I feel like with this season, this was a big discussion, but now that, Tori's gone now that rocks where I got blindsided and the big group is going to splinter and you still have some underdogs in Romeo that can cause chaos. I don't think Marianne and Lindsay want to work with Jonathan long-term. So I don't think it'll be a factor. I think we're going to now move on to a, um, we're now going to move on to a situation where it's going to be a lot of moving pieces. So I feel like this is um, an interesting end to the game. Last comment from Christian, uh, glad you're able to join us, is the Omer edit has no mistake so far, but I think he might lose the season. So without trying to read the edit too much, because I want to try to um, enjoy the show for what it is, even though as a super fan, I always read into the edit far, far too much more than I would like. Um, this is interesting because last season I was saying to Dylan, Ricard is getting a great edit. You know, Shan was the top of the edit. And then once she got taken out, okay, Ricard's got, Ricard's got this, but he didn't, he got taken out of final five and nobody saw the Erica win coming. I'm not sure how much they're going to, they're changing up the editing. The editing I think is a lot better this season. It's a lot more balanced. I think it's a lot better at telling the stories of our players, which is why I think people like this cast more. It's, they feel like it's a stronger cast. Is Omer in the Ricard spot? Where is Omer the front runner that doesn't win? He's not the Kim Spryland. He's not the Boston Rob. Is he the winner that we thought, think we see? Or is he going to get taken out at some point? If I had to guess, this is so tough. I feel like he is going to win. I feel like Omer just has such a good edit right now. 
he could get taken out at some point, but he's so well positioned. The only way he gets caught is if people start talking. Like I said, Romeo's still a target. Marianne is still a target. Jonathan's a target. I think High is going to become a target. Dre is still a target. Mike and Omer, and I guess Lindsay in some way, are still positioned where no one is saying their names right now. So do I think Omer can win? I think Omer has one of the best shots of winning, but is he guaranteed? I don't know. Anything can still happen. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, as always, thank you to everybody who stuck around tonight. I know it was um, really fun for some. I know it was, you know, a bit annoying for others. Whatever your thoughts are, I'm very glad you were able to hang out with me. Um, as I always say, doing this by myself while Dylan has work isn't always easy to try to ramble on for about an hour, an hour and five minutes, but I do my best. Hopefully Dylan will be back next week. And I think we only have about three more weeks to the season. I think the finale and people can keep me honest is either May 18th or May 25th. So we're almost done with the season. Dylan's going to try his best not to have any more work conflicts so we can uh, keep doing both of us. Um, yeah, no problem. Thanks, Kaibania. I appreciate it very much. Um, yeah, I think Dylan's going to try his best to be here for the rest of the season without any hiccups. Trust me, I will make sure I will make sure he is here for the finale. He is not missing the finale on my watch at all. Um, but yeah, either you'll get his thoughts in a separate podcast or you'll just get his quick recap thoughts in the next episode. But as always, thank you everyone for sticking with us. I always appreciate the support in terms of the comments and questions. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Soul Survivor Pod and follow us on YouTube at Soul Survivor Podcast. Drop a like, a comment, give us feedback. We always like the uh, engagement with the audience. And that's all I got. So once again, as we head into the final eight, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.